0: This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.
1: This episode of All Possibilities
2: is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio.
1: This episode is hosted by Jessica Brodkin, who you may remember from episode number 11. She's filling in as a guest host for All Possibilities as I take care of my newborn baby. Enjoy the show!
0: How's this for a movie pitch?
1: Imagine a woman
0: who was a member of a cult from childhood that denied her basic education. She ran away and was homeless for seven years, then miraculously nearly completed a PhD, and then, wait for it, became a stand up comedian. Sounds like an Oscar winner, right? The thing is, it isn't fiction, it's a true story of Brooke Arnold. Coming up, you'll hear Brooke. Share her truly extraordinary journey, discuss the cycles of life and nature, transforming pain into art, and finding the light when you've hit rock bottom. Plus, a shocking Reiki healing moment, and her night in the psych ward, where she heard a voice that guided her to do something that changed her life forever. I'm Jessica Brodkin, filling in for Julie Chan.
1: Let's rock and roll. welcome to the all possibilities podcast i'm your host julie chan intuitive life purpose coach and founder of being my purpose together let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities
0: brooke arnold thank you so much for being here brooke arnold Thank you for having me Jessica. Very excited. Brooke is a stand-up comedian yes. who is headlining Caroline's on Broadway on March 21st. Yes. So, it's very exciting. It's a new te- it's um it's basically you're being showcased as a yeah. headliner.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they pick out like younger, more up-and-coming, lesser-known people you've never heard of like me. <laughs> and it's part of their like breakout artist series. Yes. So, it'll be my first hour we uh, are doing is, an entire
0: hour. That's amazing. It's so intimidating.
2: <laughs> it's so intimidating, you know. It's so...
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's very... It's exciting, but it's really overwhelming, you know. At least once a week, I'm like, can I call them and push back the date?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the Equinox. It is on the Equinox. Which is an epic time. That's I would have said no, actually,
2: if she hadn't offered me that date. <laughs> really? Yeah, she said... Uh, it was a funny thing, you know. I I went to a... A Christmas party of somebody that wasn't even like you know it wasn't even like a comedy thing it was just people that have been that are like I like you know mm-hmm. and uh i saw the booker there and she's like hey come to a breakout artist you know you're amazing and i was like i was like i couldn't do that you know i was like literally like want to run out of right. the christmas party <laughs> and then she said march 21st and i thought
0: okay it's a sign I, yeah i was like i have to do that so the universe delivered you a breakout series on a, on the equinox at at basically caroline's on uh, on broadway for those of you who don't know it's kind of one of the it's one of the top Maybe two or three comedy clubs in New York City. It's Absolutely. a really big deal. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's kind of like a temple.
2: Yeah, it's exciting, but it's also, yeah, it's exciting. It is like a temple. Um, Yeah. So it's exciting, but it's very, very overwhelming. I'm one of those people that like when good things happen to me, I don't get excited. I just immediately go into the millions of things that just start immediately thinking about the millions of things that I have to do and the a million things that are going to go wrong. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm having to do a lot of self work.
0: (laughs) That's good. So this is really an opportunity for you to sort of mentally and soul prepare to do something that you feel you've been put on this earth to do
2: yeah I think in a real way you know um it's funny the more I think the more that I think the lesson that I'm trying to learn right now is that like if you use your gifts and the things that you're supposed to be doing like everything will kind of freakily work out but you have to take that leap of faith to be willing to trust
0: to use those gifts you know yes absolutely I know that feeling exactly Right. I mean, as you know. Yeah. Relatively well. Yeah. (laughs) And um, that's that's really beautiful. I think that you really you've had some extreme social media exposure or exposure on BuzzFeed. Uh huh. Do you want to tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so I was uh I was featured in a Buzzfeed video a couple of months ago. It actually came out on Halloween.
0: <laughs> Halloween Another day. epic day.
2: Oh Halloween day. It was funny, they told me it would come out days before then, and mm-hmm. so I subscribed to like BuzzFeed's alerts, like the news media, you know, and it was things like how to tell if you've been poisoned by a lead pencil and I'm like, what the fuck, they think this is more interesting than me? <laughs> <laughs> and so it finally came out um, and it was uh, themed, uh, it was called I Was in a Cult, because yes. uh, I grew up in a cult and it was an interesting mix, it was me and some guy that was like in some kind of like orgasm you know, like pyramid scheme
0: (laughs) orgasm pyramid scheme yeah like you know kind of like one of these like i mean i think a lot of people want to join this pyramid scheme. i know (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot better than tupperware
2: well i'm trying to be sensitive to our audience you know you know in like the whole like the new age or life coaching or like reiki world there's a lot of it was all scammy stuff yeah and so like this was kind of that thing where like you'd learn it's like it's supposed to be like you learn how to like clear people's sexual energy by making them orgasm but then I guess uh, they orgasmic all just,
0: meditation some I, I, I don't,
2: don't think know. it's that I don't think it's that like yeah. I don't think it's that above the board. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, it's really yeah. And so it was like it was like me, like I was abused, and then it cuts to this guy, and he's like, I had eight orgasms every day. Oh my god! Like, thanks, BuzzFeed. (laughs) So you don't really
0: feel like they um, accurately like told. Did you feel like they accurately told your story? I
2: mean. I don't. I think they used the words that I gave them. I thought they did a good job. I think. Yeah. I, I think I. The response that I got was really positive, you know. But it was it was it it was weird because they didn't you know put my full name in it. Um, what? They didn't put my full name, so like I didn't really get a lot of feedback about it. Because uh-huh. um, people had to kind of seek me out in order mm-hmm. to find me after that. So I felt kind of used by them. I felt like they had taken something very personal from me and used it to make a lot of money. Um, and didn't give me even a cent, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of continuation of the story of the cult. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like like the same cult pattern.
2: I mean, I think that's the pattern of the world we live in right now. I think that's, you know, like that's one of the things that like, I think you and I are trying to change is that we live in a world that takes advantage of each other. You know, like Mm -hmm. we live in a world where people just are cutthroat and people, um, don't think about, yeah, the, the human
0: cost hmm you know so our listeners are getting to know you can yeah. you describe what your upbringing like was like in this cult yeah did- um
2: hi listeners <laughs> so i grew up in texas and things were pretty normal for like the mm-hmm. first uh seven years or so of my life and then my my parents uh, joined like a fundamentalist Christian church. Okay. And then they started uh, homeschooling us using this homeschool cult curriculum. Okay. Uh, and so suddenly I wasn't allowed to watch movies or listen to music or have friends or really like leave the house or, or participate in any kind of like outdoor activities. I just had to stay home and uh, use this homeschool <laughs> curriculum <laughs> all okay. day, which is kind of, they were called the wisdom booklets.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you give us like a sample of what was in a wisdom
2: booklet so each one is based on a verse of the bible uh-huh. um, and the very first uh, the very first wisdom booklet, for example, has a teaching about how women should be modestly dressed at all times right. and if if a man looks at you lustfully you're you 've sinned um, because you 've caused him to sin um, and so it had these pictures of these different women 's outfits, and you were supposed to identify the slutty thing
0: (laughs) so was it a coloring book did you color in the slutty outfit
2: (laughs) no i didn't i didn't have crayons no they didn't know that was it
0: sinful to have crayons it was a very black and white world (laughs) i see i got
2: you so it's like these images of women and like they didn't have faces their faces were completely blanked out you know and it's like what part of their and their dresses are like
0: like doilies right or right or they're no? like they're
2: completely dressed like their women are completely dressed but it's like she has a like one of it was like she has a, a necklace and that would bring attention to her chest you know she's a belt that would bring attention to her waist you know things like that wow so uh that was a kind of thing that rather than like learning you know a B Cs or multiplication tables or science. You know, I got to learn uh, not to be slutty from the wisdom. So was that
0: like every day you had to learn not to be slutty? Was that mean, like... It takes a great effort. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Don't be slutty. Don't leave the house. So it sounds
2: like don't be slutty. Don't leave the house. Yeah, if you leave the house, you're slutty. Exactly. Is that what they said? Kind of. I mean, kind of. Like you know, it's 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 very misogynistic. You know, and the idea is that women stay home. Um, don't use birth control, uh, don't ever work outside the home, don't receive any kind of education, you know, and that's kind of the idea.
0: Um, so you did not, so did you not learn basic mathematics when you were a kid? I, things like that. I can do like, uh,
2: division, I guess. That's about it. So I went to school for till the third grade. So I guess I have a formal third grade education and the rest of it's just kind of,
0: up in the air, <laughs> right, but you did eventually go to school. Uh, I went to college. Yeah, you did went to college. Yeah, right. I went, yeah, so that, I mean that's remarkable. Did you get a GED or? Yeah, I got a GED, and then I went
2: to a community college. And then I went to a real college. (laughs) And then you went on. And then I went on to graduate school because that was like my way of rebelling. I was like, watch how much education I can get mom and dad.
0: (laughs) You you eventually got a PhD. Is that right? I didn't finish it. So I, yeah, I'm all but dissertation. Oh, ABD. Yeah, I'm ABD. I couldn't do it. That's amazing. that You got that far after really a third grade education.
2: Yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty. It is pretty, uh, a pretty bleak reflection on our American public education system <laughs> <laughs> that they both let me let my parents take me out, and then somehow I managed to get back in.
0: <laughs> right? Well, no, I'm, I mean I'm glad you got back in. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this must have been. So you you eventually, how did you get out of the cult? I
2: just. Well, I, I. Uh, yeah. I think the I uh, got my my grandma bought me a car like this little cheap little car. Uh-huh. Um, it was like a little twelve hundred dollar like uh, Ford Mustang, nineteen eighty seven powder blue Ford Mustang. That sounds Tudor. very sexy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it had been sexy, you know. It was, <laughs> it was like Honor Sean Connery kind. now, you know. It's like, you know, it's like you can see. <laughs> it was a very old car, but, you know, it was nice. But my grandma bought me the car. And then I just, you know, I had been increasingly honest with my parents about how i didn't want the life that they were setting up for me so basically the idea was that when i was 17 my dad would get a vision from god and god would tell my dad which guy at the church i was supposed to marry and then i would be sent off to marry this guy you know down the road (laughs) down the dirt road to marry this guy and then i would never use birth control never work outside the home i would just stay there and get pregnant by him every nine months for until i wanted to kill myself which would probably before I ever got pregnant in the first place, right, right, right. <laughs> and I told I told my parents I was just like, no, I, I I don't want you know this life. And I tried to bargain with them, even you know I think we do that with our parents. We try to like sure. strike a deal. So I was like, what if I just leave for a couple of years and then I come back? Uh-huh. Uh, and they were they weren't having it. And so just I just the idea of that life just got so scary to me the the limitations of it and the 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 uh the, the the imprisonment of it i already felt like a prisoner you know like it's you Do you like, have siblings? I have an older brother, yeah.
0: W- was he part of the. Was he allowed to learn um, anything? Or did he have <laughs> to learn how to not be. He was allowed to learn more. He was allowed to learn more. <laughs> he was allowed to learn more. Did he have right. to learn how to identify slutty women by their doilies?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he did, and he did a really good job. He picked, his, <laughs> he picked the sluttiest
0: girl uh, in, the, in, in, the in the cult. In the cult. And did he? Really? Su- yeah, and had sex with her in the prayer room. <laughs> oh, wow. <so> <laughs> <laughs> did they eventually get married or not? Uh,
2: did actually they were married for 15 years wow and that's very
0: successful by today's
2: standards yeah and then um, um they're they're divorced now um uh he cheated on her with a woman that we both know who's in the New York comic scene comedy scene, really? Yeah, it's just too weird. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. Just imagine sitting in a comedy show and hear jokes about your own brother's dick.
0: <laughs> what a nightmare. I know,
2: right? I'm like, wow, I don't need to hear jokes about this. I'm from Texas. I already saw it <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: amazing. yeah, wow. um so your brother cheated. And, uh, they got divorced and, all right, let's go back to you. Yeah. And,
2: um, well, I guess I'll tell you a story that maybe can, yeah, that'll maybe kind of situate this a little bit. So a couple of, I, I was working as a creative director for a big startup last year. I was making a lot of money. (laughs) Not anymore, obviously. (laughs) Um, you know, and you get in like these, I got in these like, it's a weird toxic work environment. I feel like every woman in that's listening, all our listeners can have been in toxic and A lot of men to- have been in toxic work environments. Yeah, a lot of toxic yeah. work. A lot of toxic work environments, absolutely, you know. Um, it was a startup, and I, I, I wrote them, like, fund, like, uh, like, funding proposals and got them all this money, like millions of dollars. And what did they use the money to do? Hire a man to be my boss. <laughs> of course, what? of course they did. So I was very upset about this, and I quit, and I ended up uh, taking a job uh, walking dogs. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. But Friday's my last day, thank God. Because <laughs> I figure, like, I can't get involved. Like, i don't. I'm never going to have to get – I'm never going to call for one of these dogs at 3 a.m. to come pull them out of a ditch. <laughs> drunk, right, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. That was my thinking, of course, being a sensitive person, like, I'm involved in these dogs problems now. <laughs> right, 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 right. Just as involved in these dogs problems as I was with the office junk. Uh But there was this, uh, one of the dogs that I walk, I noticed that the woman had a, a diploma from Texas A&M University, which is where I'm from. That's my hometown. Right right, right, right. That's the town where I was frequently traumatized by my parents right. back in the cold. And so I, I I came to pick up her dog one day and she was there and I just mentioned, Oh, I noticed you went to college and college station. I said, I'm from there. And she goes, Oh my God, I'm from there too. What? Yeah. And I was like, Well, wow, that's really eerie. She's like, When did you graduate from high school? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Damn it, you know? Yeah. Because I didn't graduate from high school, but it's not really my fault, you know? Right, right, right. And I kind of sized her up age-wise, like, based on her look. And I was like, okay, she's young, a lot younger than I am, so I'm just going to go with the easy lie, right? Right. I don't want to tell this lady right before I walk her dog, I didn't go to school, wasn't allowed to. Right,
0: right, that was part of a cult. Bye! Bye. That doesn't go
2: over well, right? So I lied. So I just was like... I was like, what year would I've graduated? I was like, 1999, right? And so I just threw it out. And she goes, oh my God, that was my year. I don't remember you at all. Oof. <laughs> so i like Oof. totally busted. It's like... Now I'm an unreliable liar. Now I'm not just, like, weird girl who never went to school. Now I'm a liar, too. <laughs> right, 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 right. Busted. So I said the worst thing that I could possibly say, because I'm just, like, she's in this beautiful, like, $5,000 a month apartment. It's just beautiful, you know? And, like, uh, I hadn't eaten that day, because, like, dog walking does not pay. <laughs> dog walking pays nothing, you know? So I'm sitting there just, like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And I looked at her, and I was, like, well, uh... Okay, I didn't go to school at all. My parents didn't believe in women—that women should be educated—and that's probably why I'm walking your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Really mean. What's that mean? It's (laughs) just really defensive and true, but really defensive. How how did she take it? She kind of jumped back in shock and and horror because it's a horrible thing to say. But it's also kind of a horrible thing to have happened to you, and it's always difficult to figure out when do you balance, like, the truth, even if it's something someone doesn't want to hear, with the lie, which creates this space between you and people. And I feel like that that's always a push and a pull that I have. It's like, yeah. when do you share, you know... It's like when do you tell your Tinder dates, Jessica, that
0: you're a psychic? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't go on them anymore. That's my solution. <laughs> <laughs> See exactly. Right, but it is it, when I when I when I was going on dates, it would be like I, I felt like I was telling men some weird secret or they would google me and then there's so many articles about me. Right, right. And yeah. videos and there's so much press that they would know everything about me. I have and that and watch all my comedy and they just before we met and yeah. it, it would be really awkward. Well, I have that now, but I
2: didn't I have that now, but it was such a it was such a weird thing to tell people. It's weird not to tell people anymore. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I I structured so many of my social interactions for so many years out of like when's the right time to tell people this you know like you want to tell them soon enough that you want to tell them you want to tell them early you want to tell them early enough that if they freak out it doesn't hurt your feelings too much right yeah. that's where right and so i always yeah. try to figure out where it was in the relationship now everybody knows as soon as they know me right so it's kind right, of like right. you don't have that experience or they might not know but i don't bring it up because it's out there you know mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a different negotiation when you put your kind of pain out there for the public to consume. Right.
0: Awesome. I really love the, the picture that you painted for Thank us you. <laughs> of your life, cult time and not cult time, <laughs> <but> post-cult, <laughs> pre-cult and post-cult. Very dark. <laughs> yes. And coming up, you will hear how spirituality has shaped Brooke's life in terms of escaping from a cult and then rebuilding her life afterwards back in a moment.
1: Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code
2: MouthMediaSenn, that's Mouth Media S-E-N-N, at
0: checkout. So, Brooke, basically, um, I have a few questions, and then I'd like to circle back to sort of your relationship with spirituality and all the change in your life. Yeah. As a comedian, Uh and I believe comedians are true alchemists, Mm -hmm. as are many people, but comics take pain Mm -hmm. and make it funny. And you had your share of pain. Yeah. that we haven't even really yeah. touched on here we've touched on it a little bit but yeah. there's like a
2: wellspring it's also a mystery though you know comedy like how does it work we don't really know how it works like people can try to explain how things are funny but it's it's a mystery in it the same really way is. that spirituality is a mystery and if you think about like uh getting on stage and and using your words to make someone else lose control of their body is pretty <laughs> That's weird. Like if you if you boil if you boil the experience down to that, right? You're taking control of someone's body with your mind and your voice and your mouth and your yourself. You know, it's an act of like telekinesis. Um, it's ma- it is magic. It's it's an inexplicable force that we can tap into, but I don't think we can ever fully control or explain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I basically don't can't explain really what I do for a living. Yeah. Um- <laughs> <laughs> the best things in life are the ones you can't explain i think sometimes yeah absolutely yeah. and um i mean the way that I, the way i don't know if you see your li- your life through this lens but the way that i see your life through through the lens the way that I see your life is that you've had these f- amazing phases. Yeah. And some of them were really painful because you were also homeless. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. For how do you know how long? About seven years.
2: That's a pretty long time. That's a real long time, you know. And, like, it's interesting in, like, the healing process. How, like, it's almost like the healing process kind of runs parallel to, like, the original processes. Uh-huh. So I've gotten far enough in the cult stuff that I can kind of talk about it and laugh about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know I have to go there next. <laughs> oh, to the
0: homeless part. Yeah,
2: but I haven't even like really thought about it because it's like, let's one thing, one thing at a time. It's like you got to get your heart strong before yes. you get your before you can get your leg fixed, you know. Like you know yes. before you go through physical therapy, kind of thing, you know. And so. I think that, yeah, and that that's one thing I would say to, to our listeners is just like be very mindful of your own process of healing because – and be patient with yourself because I know I've got a long way to go and I feel so much better than I did when I started. But, you know, you do what you – you know, be – yeah, you, you know how to do it.
0: Yeah. So basically just to reiterate what you're saying is trust your intuition or trust what come um, in terms of healing self-healing is that what you're trying to say yeah i think so i think that like i think to trust your intuition and just
2: to to be gentle on yourself like i know that i i have to do things in phases and right and it makes it easier
0: right i think that i think it's interesting that you're dog walking now also <laughs> Well, no, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Because a, a lot of comics walk dogs. Yeah. But a lot of people that I know go through dog walking phases. When they do that, they're really clearing so wow. much stuff. That's interesting. So yeah. the people that I know who have, they usually they do it for a phase, and then they move on to something else. But yeah. during that phase, it's the I I think it's extremely healing to walk dogs. To um to be outside, especially yeah. when you're in New York City, which is like mostly an indoor place. Yeah. We're not in like San Diego or something. Yeah. To be,
2: out, so- to be outside has been really great, especially in New York. And to be with animals all day has been really great. But it's also a little dangerous for me because I, I tend to get in my head. I uh, see, and, and you're so alone. yeah. So like after four hours of it, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like I was when I came in here. I'm like, Wah. you know, like I've been alone with my thoughts. Right, right, right.
0: What what tools and what practices have you used to and to sort of help yourself through such a traumatic upbringing and life after you? Because we didn't talk, about we can talk about it if you want to. We don't have to, but how you went from being in the cult, you basically did you? How did you go from that to being homeless to I, then getting a PhD? I mean, this is like a really and now you're <laughs> now you're a stand-up comedian headlining Carolines. I mean, I, however painful yeah. your day is. What? Sometimes just to look at your life in a lot of ways is really it's, like a marvelous novel yeah. that no one could make up. It's like I'm a, I'm, I might not be the luckiest girl in the world, but I'm the luckiest
2: former cult member in the world, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. At least from that one, that's for sure. I think, you know, I think it's just... Belief believe, I think I've just always you know wanted better for myself and wanted better for the world, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to live in a world where I was basically a sex slave I mean what what, what, what else are you and if you're just kept in the house all day to procreate for a man like you you're a slave, and I knew I could have something better than that, and being homeless wasn't really better than that, and the juxtapos- juxtapos- juxtaposing a life of complete control right where even what you do eat for breakfast is controlled or what you wear is controlled and every every single thing about what you do is controlled to homelessness which is just utter and total chaos that's nothing controlled uh you know i think the i think the experience of moving between those two spaces is probably the what traumatized me the most it's because i want to put the control back on what i still feel to be the constant chaos you know and so even when i feel like even if i am headlining carolines i still feel like the 17 year old girl who's scared to go to sleep at night you know because you don't know when you live on the streets you don't know what's going to happen to you anything can happen to you at any moment and so you're always kind of on guard and i think that with childhood pain and child or or pain from when we're younger i i guess i feel that What we, what we do is, you know, we carry it into our lives way longer after it does us any good, you know? And so I, I being cautious or being on guard or being defensive or cynical was, was really safe for me and really helpful to me when I was in those situations, but it's not helpful to me now. It's now it's just a bad habit. And so in a way for me, the spiritual journey or the healing process is unlearning those bad habits that you picked up that no longer have to do with your present life
0: yeah i mean that's that's really amazing it sounds very similar to post-traumatic stress which i've dealt with in myself and in my clients for various reasons a lot of my clients are incest survivors some of my clients are soldiers yeah who've been in combat um or i I work with a lot of sexual assault survivors like a huge (laughs) percentage yeah (laughs) Of well, my
2: work. That's because a huge
0: percentage of women are sexual assault survivors, right. you know. Right, right. And, and as uh, yeah. the listeners don't know, but I am as well. And yeah. so in my process of healing myself or working with so many people and forces in order to get myself into a normal space, I've learned all these tools that I then get to share with others. Right. Um, and um, I think for you, if, if I may, I think for you, your story, sharing your story – is gonna heal you. You think so? I really do. I is think that why that, I'm so scared to do it? <laughs> I think that I think that you're what you're feeling. If I may, please. As um, I think what you're feeling is resistance. To you know what I mean is resistance because whenever we have pain in our lives, we identify with it because we confuse it. The ego makes us think that the pain that we have is who we are. It's comforting. It's comforting because it's what you know. Yeah. But that is not who you are. Right. And that's for our listeners too. Your pain is not who you are. Yeah. But in your case, you're given these, you're given talent, you're given, you have been given pain in this life, and you're you're also given a medium to transform that pain. And your story is going to heal, telling your story and the homeless part, which you're afraid to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really going to transform you, and it's going to transform the audience. Yeah. Because in New York City, we also have so many homeless people. Right. And there's not – one of the great pains of it is that even if I give a homeless person some money, they're still homeless. Right. Yeah. And so it's not really solving the problem. Yeah. It's like the person can get something to eat that day, and that's great, but yeah, it's still an, a, a shit show. Yeah and 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 one of the for me one of the greatest pains of our society right so yeah. i think if i may for you just like embrace all of your pain feel it don't resist it and then just move through it because it's not going to stay with you forever
2: yeah it's 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 hard though i think especially Absolutely. i think especially as women we're we're socialized not to be unpleasant not to be angry not to be yeah. sad you know not to be emotional you know and so in some ways uh you know it's difficult to overcome, I think that that training, I guess in a way um when I started, you know it's funny, I started my spiritual journey prior to even starting my artistic journey um, you did okay, and I don't think that yeah, i started um a couple of years ago i uh had a had a bad had a bad run of things, you know i my life was actually better than it had ever been. I was in a stable relationship had a, mm-hmm. had a great place to live you know I was doing okay and uh i just but I kind of emotionally hit rock bottom yes and uh I had i guess like a dark night of the soul, you know, and at the time I was an atheist a very very angry atheist mm-hmm. very you know very angry um, no, I'm a very angry not atheist. <laughs> <laughs> spiritual person <laughs> so uh i yeah i ended up uh spending a night in the psych ward and i was in there just i didn't sleep a single moment i was just lying there like staring at the ceiling and i realized something in that 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 moment of emptiness when you when you really hit the the beauty i think of really Hitting uh, a really dark place, you know the reason the reason for it is that it does give you a chance to to turn into a di- turn into a different direction once you've hollowed, you know. And I felt like life had just kind of hollowed me out. I felt completely empty inside, you know. And part of that was because. You know, if you grow up in a religious home and then you reject that religion, then you don't really have anything else because that was how you were taught to think about the world. That's how you're taught to deal with people. That's how you're taught to deal with yourself, you know? And with God. And God, right? And the world itself. And so I spent, you know, 10 years just negating everything I'd been taught. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. But then what do you end up left with? Nothing. Because you haven't replaced it with something positive. You've just negated some – you've just added more negativity onto something that's already really negative, you know, Mm -hmm. onto the pain. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. And that's not a positive relationship to yourself or the world. So as I laid in that hospital bed, I realized I made myself a deal, and I was like, okay, Brooke, I'll give you one year. And you just, I don't care if it's true, it's real. I just want you to do anything you possibly can to feel better, you know. And I made myself that deal. And I kind of just cried out to the universe or the God or whatever you want to call it. I, I hesitate to use the word God because it has so many negative connotations. Sure, sure, sure.
0: Um, whatever you want to But, use. you know,
2: the higher, I just said, you know, help me. You know, I'm doing my best. I, I, I have nothing else to give i've i've dragged myself out of this cult i've suffered for years and years and years i've seen unspeakable horrors i've had to do horrible things that i'll never forgive myself for and i've lost all my family everything you know like i was like help me like (laughs) you know like help me and i just heard this voice and it said start
0: meditating are you kidding
2: no i mean not like an actual audible voice i'm not not an actual audible voice. Okay, just... <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, since I
0: was in the Listen, psych- Since I was in the psych... No, 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 no. I, just, since I was in the psych- No Laura, judges. I'm, like- <laughs> I'm audience. so I
2: hear... I get messages through
0: hearing all the time. Yeah, I'm
2: much more like clairsentient. I just know. And yeah. so it was like... It was like... It was like... I just knew. Start meditating and look up feminist spirituality. And I just like... I didn't even know what that was. So I, like, walked out of the psych ward. I walked back to my apartment, and I sat down at the Google machine and was like, what is meditation? Because, like, I grew up in a fundamentalist Christian cult. I don't know what meditation is. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what yoga was until I was, like, 30. (laughs) 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 And I started meditating, and it was just the most beautiful gift that I've ever been given, you know, the most beautiful gift that – That I've ever had and I started researching like goddess spirituality and feminist spirituality and you know Yeah, I you know It is a it's it's just a it's a beautiful gift, you know to to be able to You know, it doesn't matter to me whether it's factually true or not. I don't care if there's a goddess I don't care if there's a higher power. I don't care if i'm touching that when I meditate. I don't care if I actually have chakras I don't care but I know that when I meditate and I focus on those things and I try to connect with that power, I feel better and I become a better person. And I'm able to be a good friend and a good artist and a good partner and a good employee and just a good human, you know, and that's all that I really need it to be.
0: That was amazing. Thank you. Coming up, you're going to hear Brooke talk about the nature of transformation, her relationship with goddesses and feminine spirituality.
1: Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds, or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found.
0: that was amazing talking about meditation so you started meditating Mm -hmm. you started connecting to the feminine divine Mm -hmm. how what happened after that
2: my whole life just changed just everything about it I started feeling better I started being better I started just discovering new depths of myself that I didn't even know were there I started filling myself up with love and goodness and kindness you know and uh, I, I I started meditating. I started uh I built an I built an altar. I have an altar in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um and I have a candle to represent the goddess. Um and I light that every morning. Um and imagine her presence, you know, there with me, which is just the best way to start a day. Wow. <laughs> you know. Um, and then, you know, you kind of take it out into the day and I just try to keep as, you know, I try to, I try to live my life kind of meditatively in the sense of like, let go, let go, let go, let go, because pain is something that grips you. It's like, it's like alcoholism, I guess, in a way, which I think a lot of us who are in pain also struggle with, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm not an alcoholic, but I could be really, really easily. (laughs) Like, I have to put it on my to do list every day. Like, don't become, don't, don't, that's no judgment because I love a lot of people who are, you know, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with having any kind of addiction. I was in a long term relationship with an opiate addict, and that does not define who you are. There's no such thing as an addict. There are human beings with addictions, you know, uh, and I think that's an important distinction that I personally, Would very much like to make, Um, but I uh, pain is like being drunk in the sense that it's like a rush. It makes you feel alive. You don't feel dead. You're like you're you know like but it also warps you. It, It it changes who you are. You know when you when we. When we ever we try to excuse our bad behavior, what do we always say? Oh, my feelings were hurt. You know, I said that mean thing because my feelings were hurt, or I screwed somebody over because I was insecure. You know, it's always these negative emotions that we use to justify bad behavior. And so, I think it's trying to learn how to to let go of those and to come from a place of to come from a greater place of of love and trust. And I think that comes from connection. And I think that the greatest uh ill that has been done by our world is the focus on a masculine divine um that is why there's misogyny that's why there's a rape culture that's why there's a need for a me too movement that's why three and four women in this country have been sexually assaulted is because we believe in a masculine god we don't honor a, a divine feminine at all um and that's why our planet is being destroyed.
0: <laughs> Mother Earth, you know,
2: yeah, Mother Earth, the, the the planet is being sexually assaulted just like all of the women on it are, are. you know, this is this is the legacy of a mascu- of a, only having a masculine uh divinity that that that's not what we see in the natural world do you see men giving birth no we see things being created by women you know we see that the the planets has cycle the planets have cycles uh, the seasons cycle the moon cycles um, the women's bodies cycle there's a there's a natural order to things and i think so much of our distortions and so much of our pains come from our disconnection from that natural that natural order you know i had a i follow the moon cycles very closely just to track my own energy and just to be gentle on myself so that i know right now it's a dark moon and i need to be extra gentle on myself the new
0: moon is upon us it is almost here
2: thursday at 403 <laughs> come quickly new moon uh so listeners of listen- your bible experts you know i just uh, that was an illusion to the last verse but you know you're welcome so um, <laughs> for that the, <laughs> the full moon
0: is traditionally a time of release the new moon is traditionally a time of seeding new intentions yeah um for our listeners who don't follow the moon this is okay this can be done by men my dad's into it yeah So men yeah. or women yeah can use the moon cycles the chinese cal- Uh. chinese new year is lunar it's always the new moon in aquarius yeah and um I think, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to be going
2: about 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, you know, we, if we look around us at nature, uh, life is supposed to be cyclical. There's supposed to be ebbs and flows.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think sometimes, and I think that's something that's been really beneficial to me personally is like when the moon is waning, like right now, I, I stay home at night. Like, cause I just, I know I need that extra rest. It's, it's honoring my body and myself, you know, and I think, you know, we beat ourselves up because, you know, our careers are supposed to be on this exact linear path or our healing is supposed to be on this exact linear path, but nothing in nature is linear. Um, you know, that's made up by uh, uh, an overly fallicized uh, model of, of time, that's the male orgasm that's like going to ejaculation and then you're done. It's a linear thing. Uh the female orgasm, as you know, is is cyclical too, you know? Was that an orgasm? I don't know, but it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you're like, I'm not sure, but you know, hey, you know and I think like that, you know, and I'm not saying I'm saying this for all listeners. I think we're all part of this larger organism. Um and I think just connecting to its natural ties and 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 trying to be uh, you know, aware that we don't have to, you know, we can we can ebb for a little bit. We don't always have to flow, you know, right? And that
0: ebbs make the flows better. That's so. It sounds like, it sounds like your transformation, all of, that you've been through, that we've really just hit the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, um, on have taught you some things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you have some coping mechanisms now and healing mechanisms now.
2: I, Yeah, I have some, but, you know, they just, sometimes they don't always work. You know, sometimes you still end up in those places where yeah. you feel like an elephant standing on your chest and you're not going to make it through. You know, I, I went through a pretty bad period re- just very recently and was like, I'm not going to make it through. I'm not going to make it through, you know. But I have the tools now to at least ask, you know. And I think... Uh, I, if, you know, I think the easiest, I think the easiest spiritual thing that we can do is just ask for help when mm-hmm. we need it. And I've never asked for help, and it hasn't come, you know.
0: I think earlier you you talked about, like, how much truth do you want to reveal to people? Right. right. I know we were talking about how people can Google us and find out all sorts of information yeah. that we and that all of our pain, so much of our pain is public. Right. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. I, I met this guy like last friday or friday before and we were drinking and hanging out and having a great time and then like three or four hours in, he goes i just need you to know something and i was like what and he's like i already know who you are i know everything and i was just like oh that's creepy and then do like i don't know like you know everything like what parts <laughs> right 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 like you know did you see my solo show probably not but you know you heard. all oh, right podcasts, we haven't even you
0: know? it, it, even discussed your um yeah. your your solo show Ooh. can you tell so <laughs> So one way that um, your your cult experience has mm-hmm. been brought into your art, can you describe your uh, one woman show, please?
2: Yeah. Uh, so when I started when I started doing comedy, I actually just did regular jokes. I didn't like talk about my cult experience at all because mm-hmm. like, who wants to hear about that at a comedy show? You know, it's yeah. like this is too serious. So I uh, I wrote a one woman show and performed at the Fringe Festival that was about this experience it was sold out sold out all
0: five shows (laughs) did you do only one run or you did two runs i did one yeah okay i I just i
2: couldn't do another one jessica i got offered more but i just i thought you did i opened a wound i opened a wound there that day on that that first day it was it was so crazy the first day I had a, my boyfriend who at the time I had been with for five years was in the audience and he heard about experiences that I had never shared with him on step from the stage. The first time I did that solo show, I, I said things I had never said out loud, things that had happened to me, things I had thought, things I had felt, you know? And I got off stage and this almost, I walked in, I got this huge standing ovation, which is very beautiful. I'm not saying that to be like, No, 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 but you you did. I'm just saying like... like, The audience went nuts. Setting the stage. Everyone's like, yay, right? And I got off stage and I took one deep breath and then I just immediately collapsed and I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. It was the strangest experience. And I think you and I talked about this in one of my energy healings one time is I had, I think this release of all of the stuff I'd been holding in for a decade just burst forth and it's like I couldn't even I couldn't even get up off the floor for like 10 minutes my my boyfriend just like started sobbing hysterically and he's like I'm calling an ambulance you're having a heart attack and I'm like I'm 30 I'll be fine (laughs) but I was like writhing on the floor it was like this energy release just so intense that like my physical body couldn't even handle it you know but then it also just kind of like opened this really really rough wound you know like turning your even if you're even if it's art you know exposing that for the first time is very vulnerable and really scary and so I went into a really dark place for a really long time
0: you did after that
2: I did I stopped like washing my clothes and like started just abusing myself I was staying out till the bars closed every single night I was just numbing yourself yeah, I was just in a really it was just really bad place and I made this deal with myself. I was like, I knew enough to be like you got to feel this, you know? So I've just like let it kind of like slowly continue to seep out of me. But then it kind of seeps out and poisons everything else, you know? It kind of poisons your relationships and it poisons your friendships and it poisons your your sense of yourself, you know? And so even though I got all these great offers, like, to take it on a college tour and everything, I was just like, I just can't emotionally do that again. Right. I don't even know if I
0: could ever do it again. Uh, so now I'm turning it into the hour show. <laughs> and this way you get to edit. So yeah, it's it sounds like, so for the hour show, without revealing too much. At Caroline's, yeah. Yes. It's going to be what I
2: hope it to be My my intention is to... Is to th- to kind of thread three weaves. I like to think of art as I like to think of the the art I create or the larger works of art as like a tapestry because to me they're like a a weaving of my emotional, psychological, you know, everything you're weaving together and trying to make it about my current life and my past life, but also kind of connect it to some larger political movements, which I think are 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 really interesting right now and I think are are really having an impact. I mean, I, I don't think as a woman and a sexual assault survivor that I could do an hour of stand-up comedy and not talk about Me Too. Come on, you know? Right. Like, there's also that that need to speak on these things. And so I guess that's what I'm trying to accomplish. But like anything, you never know if you're accomplishing it until you do. So... And that's the process, all of the process. It's always all just a process. I want things to be done. I'm very impatient, but it's,
0: it's cyclical, cyclical cycles. (laughs) It sounds like, it sounds like you are on a really beautiful and powerful path. I hope so. And, And really, I've met a lot of people and I've met a lot of people, you know, through my practice, I work with like, I don't know how many, like 500 people so far, something, which feels like a lot. That's a lot of people. You've healed amount- five hundred people? I am not exactly sure. That's a lot of people. It heals a lot of That's people really in cool. a couple of years <laughs> of doing this, but um, I've seen so much pain. Yeah. You know, because when I when I when people are on my table, I'm often with them in a moment where they they really hit a wall. Yeah. Because by the time somebody comes to a healer like me, they've tried everything and nothing works. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I'm ready to like do what, whatever it takes to feel better. Yeah. And so I'm used to being with people at, the, at their sort of their zenith of pain. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, so I'm just saying that just to paint a picture in terms of I know people's pain and I can feel your pain here. And I'm sure the listeners can too. You are incredibly strong. Well, thank you. <laughs> and incredibly beautiful thank inside you. and out. And don't ever forget that. And thank you. when you... Because it's gonna come and go when you're in when you're in the cycle of yeah. of I'm okay, I'm meditating, I'm worshiping the goddess, everything's fine, <laughs> I'm creating art, I'm headlining Carolines too, I can't make ends meet, fuck my life, I hate this, right? Back, Why, up does and he call me back? Why doesn't he call me back? <laughs> right, whatever. You gotta let those, you know, what I, th- those cycles, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm in my head. I've been walking dogs too many hours. Whatever mm-hmm. is going on, just remember, you're it's a cycle, just like what you said a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Just it's gonna come back around. You're mm-hmm. here for a reason. You chose this. I believe that you chose this incarnation.
2: I have trouble with that one. I we've the first time you said that to me, and the first time I'll tell the listeners. So I've known Jessica for like what two years. Three years, Has a couple years, more, three a couple years. years. A couple years. Yeah. And a mutual friend recommended me. She knew I was in a bad place. She was like, yeah. she knew I was at my zenith. So she was like, yeah. go see Jessica. <laughs> right. And you were like, and I don't believe it. I was like, this is total total BS and I texted my boyfriend I was like going to this inter- I'll be home later going to see this energy healer and he was like what the fuck he was like, <laughs> well, if you don't have enough money for people to be taking your money like come on <laughs> right. he's like she's getting scammed and he googled you and he like freaked out he was like she thinks she talks to Thomas Aquinas Brooke <laughs> and he's like a neoplatonist scholar like so he like you know he's like an actual Aquinas scholar yeah. he was just like she thinks she talks to Thomas Aquinas he's Yeah. Like, yeah. He He's like you're in trouble, and I think he's always a little nervous about. I think yeah. he knows I can take care of myself, but I think he knows that he's trying to protect you. I'm an open person and right. somewhat naive in certain ways. Like, if you don't go to school, like you, I have I watch. Do you of know Real Housewives? I watch to try to get social training. Like, I <laughs> so much. I'm like explains need, a lot. <laughs> like, I know. I'm like I need. Like I, I'm missing out. Like. You know how many times I've become friends with that person and like really liked them and everyone else is like, Brooke, they're crazy. And I'm like, everybody knew they were crazy except for me. And they were like, yeah, we learned that back in high. We learned that we all learned that person's crazy like when we're 13, (laughs) you know, but I didn't get that. So I went to see Jessica and I laid on the table. And I have a chronic pain in my left ovary that I've had since I was 14. I have chronic, horrible, horrendous pain. And it's very energetic. I've always known it is because it always crops up. Like the day that Caroline show, March 21st, waking up with that pain. Guaranteed. <laughs> and so Jessica's hands just went immediately she, she, I laid on the table. We'd never met before. Met one time. She hovered her hands over me. And they just immediately, in less than one second, both hands went right exactly to that spot of pain. And I almost, I was like, I actually said, I was like, whoa, how did you know to go there? And she was just like, I just go where the hands tell me to go. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, holy fuck, she's like the real deal, you know? It was so... That that was mind blow. That was mind bending for me because despite my spirituality, like there's certain things that I'm still a little skeptical about, you know. And that was one of them. But
0: yeah. the hands go where they want to go, and you just, you know, it was bananas. Yeah, I remember you, it was a bananas. And
2: like you knew, yeah, it was just it's and. There's a, you know, and that's a beautiful experience, like having another woman, like lay her hands on you in a healing way. That's a beautiful thing. You know, I think that's something that, um, you know, that's a really beautiful gift that you're giving the world, you know?
0: Oh, thanks. You know, trying, or I'm (laughs) just doing it, I guess, just on the path, just doing what I'm, what my karma is. That's what it feels like.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I believe in the. I don't know if I believe in the multiple lives or we chose these lives. I mean, you don't have to. I. You that's know, just my
0: perspective. I you know. Am,
2: my I I took I, I I I do psychedelics and I took. Saudi <laughs> Saudi- <laughs> Sorry, oh, You're yeah. like I
0: don't believe in multiple lives, but I take psychedelics. I'm like, I'm never touching psychedelics. Uh, that's a good idea for you. Personally. I think I'm I too would, open. I would.
2: I would. I would. I would personally also co-sign that i'm very careful yeah uh terence mckenna used to say uh uh safe mycologist is an alive mycologist (laughs) so it's important to educate yourself yeah and there's great resources like arrowwood.org where you can find how to use things safely and what their counter influences are et cetera, so on and so forth be safe but i took salvia a couple years ago and um it was my first ever ego loss like experience of like total ego loss and Uh i became this like flying eagle that was like soaring through the universe connected to the all for the first time and i when i downloaded back into my body i re-experienced the entire like reformation of my ego in like
0: oh it came back 30 seconds yeah of course it always comes back oh it does (laughs) I, i i was i didn't know that yeah
2: like so you experience ego loss like while you're on the substance but you come back to you come back to being Jessica or Brooke or whomever oh, really? after okay. it's over. And so I was like completely – I experienced that 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 state of being completely free of who I was, you know. And as my ego kind of rebuilt itself, I, I started crying and I thought, I don't want to be her. Don't make me – I just kept begging. Yeah, I kept begging the universe like, don't make me be her. Don't make me be her. I don't want to be her again. Right. It sucks to be her. And then I thought, you know what? I can make it suck less to be, if, if I, if I, if it can be rebuilt in that way, it showed me that like who I am and who I think I am, is just a compilation of the stories that I'm telling myself yes. and I can retell myself those stories and I can make this, I can make her a good place to be rather than a bad place to be. That's up to me.
0: So the practice of Buddhism, the uh-huh. practice of meditation allows you to eventually completely let go of ego. That's yeah. the whole purpose of it. Right. Eventually. Right. So, um, That's just something to share with our listeners and in general that, 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 that whole experience that, that can happen within this, within, within this lifetime.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it can happen, you know, uh, yeah, whatever you can't, whatever you, the charge of the goddess, whatever you can't find within, you'll never find without, you know? And so psychedelics can be, I think, really useful help, help, helpers, Yeah, but they're really not something that can do it for you you have to be doing the work on your own so they can give you a boost you know gotcha especially if you're in a lot of pain they can give you like a shake you know so that you can see something a little bit more than what you're habituated to but they're not they're not they're not a solution in and of themselves the the work has to come from within
0: right well i want to say um thank you for being here thank you for having me and that being a part of your life, being a part of um, getting to witness and experience your growth, your transformation, your journey, all of it is it's a really beautiful thing. And, and thank you for having me in your life in whatever capacity, as your friend, as whatever, as a fellow comic um, and as a guest here. So I'm really, really grateful. And I really think that your story is something that is going to transform people and yourself. And audience, please go see Brooks' <laughs> show March 21st yes. at Caroline's on Broadway. <coughs> if you're listening to this podcast later, wish, hope, uh, you know, wish you were there. Um, yeah. Do you, so how can people find you or follow you or anything like that? What's your social media or how do you want people to get in touch with you or see you?
2: Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. I'm Brooke Arnold. Okay. On all three, it should be pretty evident which one yeah. I am, okay. <laughs> given the comedian writer thing. Um Yeah, uh, definitely uh, give me a follow uh, and uh, come to the Caroline Show. If you're traveling, if you're somewhere not in New York and you'd like to see me live uh, for the hour, I'll be planning on trying to take it on tour later this year. So uh, hit me up where you are and I can use you as a reference to reach out to somebody in that town. So, you know, uh, let me know where there's interest and I'll definitely try to make my way there.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Brooke Arnold, once again, for sharing your beautiful journey with us. And just something for all of us and all of you listeners to think about, to think about transformation in your life, think about the ups and downs, and that you still may be transforming and that we're constantly changing and that the only constant really is change. And to think about the cycles of life, of rebirth, of death, in very metaphorical ways. Thank you so much. Please check out her show at Caroline's March 21st. My name is Jessica Brodkin. You can find me at loveandlightservices.com or on social media, Jessica Brodkin,
1: B-R-O-D-K-I-N. Be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us.